Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Severe backups at the border. So we're going to the Jays game tomorrow. Yeah. And then uh, I got her tickets to Taylor Swift for Sunday. The major events luring thousands of Canadians across. Aircon controversy. I'm absolutely appalled by this decision by this landlord to make this statement. The portable unit that keeps his home bearable and why his landlord wants it gone. And a hunger strike over pickleball. I would call it a fast unto death if the city doesn't give me answers. Why he says the racket right next door is ruining his quality of life. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. We're going to start with some new developments in the ongoing search for two missing children. Surrey RCMP have released new photos showing two men believed to be traveling with the mother and kids involved in Wednesday's Amber Alert. RCMP continue to search for 8-year-old Aurora Bolton and 10-year-old Joshua. They believe the children are with their mother, Verity Bolton, and two men. Verity's boyfriend, Abraxas Glazov, who's 53 years old, and her father, 73-year-old Robert Bolton. Police have also released new images of the suspect's truck. The children were supposed to be returned to their father July 17th after a vacation with their mother. If you have any information on their whereabouts, you are asked to call 911 or the tip line at 604-599-7676. Well, judging from the multi-hour lineups at the border, lots of people have been getting an early start on their weekend. There are some big draws this weekend for those making the trip south. A Blue Jays Mariners triple header and two shows by superstar Taylor Swift. Travis Prasad is live at the Peace Arch for us right now. Travis, people need a lot of patience today. Yeah, no kidding. Some travelers at Peace Arch have been waiting up to three hours to cross the line. Some of them expecting that long wait. Others had no idea what was in store for them. The Blue Jays are in Seattle. Whenever that happens, it makes for a busy border. But throw a music superstar in the mix and things get even worse. U.S.-bound travelers at the Peace Arch backed up onto Highway 99 past the 8th Avenue exit. It's the same story at every crossing. We thought we were going to go early and beat the rush, but apparently uh, the rush beat us, so here we are. It's not even a long weekend, so what's the problem? Taylor Swift playing two sold-out stadium shows in Seattle. With no Canadian stops on her Eras tour, BC Swifties are flocking to the Emerald City. Will you be at the concert? I will not be. I'm just a supportive driver. I have the snacks and the vehicle. Yeah. Well, you guys are lucky. Uh, they are so lucky. So lucky. In Seattle, superfans started lining up at 3 in the morning just to get their hands on coveted merch. The blue Taylor Swift crew neck. You can only get it at the merch truck. Unlike most of the other merch, you can buy it online, but this one is exclusive to the truck. 
Taylor isn't the only reason for the not-so-swift border experience. The Toronto Blue Jays are also in Seattle this weekend, playing a three-game series against the Mariners. We're just actually going down to see the game tonight um, and just there for the weekend. Uh, we're going to hit a Blue Jays game tomorrow, Taylor Swift Sunday, Great Wolf Lodge Monday, Tuesday. So we're going to the Jays game tomorrow. Yeah. And then uh, I got her tickets to Taylor Swift for Sunday. How much does weekend cost you? Uh, I'm scared to skay, but uh, it's close to about eight grand. An expensive, eventful weekend. Travelers oh, hope will be worth the money the and the delays. Now, if you do have to cross the border, U.S. border officials suggest doing so at off-peak times. Otherwise, you will be waiting. Every border crossing will have delays, and we're expecting to see that uh, tomorrow as well. And if you are planning on going to Seattle but aren't going to the ball game or to a Taylor Swift concert, you might want to choose another weekend. Most hotel rooms there are booked up. The cheapest one I could find a couple hours ago was well north of downtown Seattle. It was $500 a night. If you try to get a room in downtown Seattle, you're looking more at more than $1,000 Canadian per night. Chris, Sophie. Expensive trip, no doubt about it, and a lot of brake lights behind you, too. Thanks very much, Travis. And it's not just border crossings causing headaches for travelers. If you're planning to go between Horseshoe Bay and Nanaimo today without a vehicle reservation, you are out of luck. Vehicle deck space on that route reached capacity early this afternoon and for the rest of the day, meaning there is no more room for vehicles without a reservation. There is still foot passenger space, but BC Ferries is recommending those traveling with Without a vehicle, book in advance and arrive at the terminal 45 to 60 minutes before the sailing that you want to get on. Parking lots at terminals, terminals are also busy, so BC Ferry suggests foot passengers take transit or get dropped off at the terminal. More breaking news for you now. Fire crews are on scene of a wildfire that broke out in the Okanagan this afternoon, just north of Naramata. Video shows the flames moving quickly up the hillside. The fire was first spotted just after 3 o'clock. One helicopter, two air tankers and a number of crews are already there trying to get the flames under control. Currently, no structures are at risk. This latest fire comes as an extreme heat warning has been issued for the region. Claudia Van Emmerich reports. It's plus 36 outside, but it's minus 18 in here. It is no doubt one of the coolest places to work on a day like today. It's refreshing. The freezer storage at Centennial Food Solutions in Kelowna certainly providing its workers an easy way to beat the heat. They work in there eight hours a day. They get their coffee breaks and their lunch breaks, but they spend uh, the, the majority of the working day in here. So they're not complaining about the heat? They are not. But many are, as temperatures hover around the mid-30 range. And with two consecutive days of those temperatures and lows not dipping below 18, the province has issued a heat warning for the region. A new weather alert system developed following that deadly heat dome in 2021. The heat dome in 2021 was really an eye-opener, I think, for the whole community and province. Uh, and certainly really with what we're seeing this year worldwide, frankly, uh, I think it's a bit of a wake-up call about climate change and the things that we need to be thinking about going forward. The heat especially tough on those having to work outside. According to WorkSafe BC, workers most at risk for heat stress include those working on farms, restaurants and kitchens, factories and construction sites. Pretty tough. We're starting a little early, as early as we can in the neighborhood, and then we're packing up early. 
So we're, you know, get a good half, three-quarter day in and then go and hide. Interior Health reminding the public to take precautions, such as using fans and air conditioning to stay cool, seeking shelter in places like malls and libraries, closing curtains and blinds to keep the heat out, and checking on people who may be at high risk for heat-related illnesses. The Gospel Mission has also launched its Operation Heatwave initiative, tripling its outreach services to provide extra support and do additional checks on those sheltering outside during the sweltering heat. The city has also activated a misting station situated at the Queensway bus loop downtown to keep people safe. The misting station is really for anyone that's in the area, but certainly, you know, we do appreciate that some of our unsheltered population, they might not have a place to go otherwise. The adjacent kiosk also providing water to those in need. The heat expected to last another few days. It's no sweat for workers at Centennial Food Solutions, which may seem like an attractive place to work these days. Well, in the labour market, it's a little tough, but I'm pretty sure people would be lining up to work in here today. Claudia Van Emmerich, Global News, Kelowna. The B.C. government is so concerned about the excessive heat, it's giving out air conditioning units to vulnerable people. So it's a bit of a surprise to hear some B.C. renters are being told by their landlords air conditioners are not allowed. Julie Nolan has the details and what the government might do about it. Air conditioning has been a huge relief for Ryan Laniel. As a tenant at an apartment complex in New Westminster since 2008, he's been using a portable AC unit without issue here for three years. Who doesn't like a good night's sleep? You know, I don't use it all the time. I use it necessarily. You know, it's, it's a nice little comfort. During heat domes in the past, Laniel says temperatures have been excessive. It was just heat radiating up through the floor. Uh, 38 degrees, almost touching 40 degrees Celsius. But on June 1st, he received this letter, which says in part, due to the landlord's insurance obligations, management cannot authorize any tenants to install AC units. If a tenant chooses to breach this material term of the tenancy and it creates damages, the tenant will be liable for rectifying these damages. Laniel called it a ridiculous demand, but... I actually contacted several electricians and I... Uh, confirmed what I already knew about uh, amperage and circuit breakers and felt quite comfortable that my system was safe. Let's be real, a hair dryer will use more amperage than this. The New Westminster Tenants Union says they've heard from tenants in other buildings owned by the same landlord. My main concern is that there are tenants who don't know that these are things they can dispute and that they might leave. The province acknowledges older buildings may not handle the additional power load. They say the only thing underway right now is building code changes for AC units in new buildings with consultations this fall. But in the meantime... Our message to landlords is, you know, do your part. Uh, you know, we would, if it was cold out, ensure that people have heat. And now this warm temperature is going to be the norm going forward. In a statement from the landlord, their lawyer cites the age of the building with an old electrical system as an issue. While accommodations can be considered, no requests have been made so far, and the tenant would be responsible for any damage. I'm confident in my decision for safety, and I'm not just thinking of my safety, I'm thinking of all the other people in this building. Julie Nolan, Global News. Evacuation alerts are expanding around a wildfire burning near the Cranbrook Airport. The St. Mary's River fire covers 2,600 hectares east of the airport. It was first spotted Monday and is suspected to have been caused by downed power lines. Helicopters are bucketing the fire along with 182 personnel on the ground. 
The only Air Canada flight from Vancouver to Cranbrook was cancelled today, while WestJet flights were either cancelled or diverted to Calgary. This morning, um, the, the smoke was pretty thick, and the reality of our approaches as they are currently is that the instrument landing precision approach is not available um, because of the proximity of the fire, but the approach at the other, from the other end of the runway, which is a, a visual approach, is available. But again, of course, then we're subject to having to have better visibility than we would under instrument landing conditions. The fire is burning about a kilometer away from the airport, but a controlled burn in the area this spring has reduced the risk of the flames actually spreading to the airport. Final preparations are underway in Revelstoke to honor a fallen firefighter. The community will say goodbye to Devin Gale tomorrow. The 19-year-old firefighter died on the job last week. Aaron MacArthur is in Revelstoke with a look at the preparation. First responders from around B.C. will be here in Revelstoke Saturday afternoon to remember one of their own. A young woman who died far too soon doing nothing more than her job. 19-year-old Devin Gale was a firefighter for the B.C. Wildfire Service. Her and her crew were battling a small blaze near Revelstoke last Thursday when a tree fell on her, pinning her beneath. Her crewmates rushed to her performed CPR. Ultimately, though, she died of her injuries. The first death in the B.C. wildfire service on the job in more than a decade. But as it turns out, she's one of three fatalities this week around the country for people fighting forest fires. A young man from the Northwest Territories died fighting a fire there. And a helicopter pilot in Alberta died when his machine crashed this week. There will be a procession here from the fire hall where flags are already flying at half-mast to the high school where a short memorial service will be held. Speakers are expected to include Gail's friends and family as well as representatives of the BC Wildfire Service and the Premier, David Eby, will be in attendance. The service will also be live-streamed on the BC Wildfire Service's Facebook page so crews across the province can join in in a moment of remembrance. That moment, though, will be short-lived for so many crews across B.C., already dealing with one of B.C.'s most challenging forest fire seasons. Aaron MacArthur, Global News, Revelstoke. It's another hopeful sign the B.C. port strike could be coming to an end. The union representing longshore and warehouse workers is recommending its members agree to a tentative deal. Romina Dea has the details. Key stakeholders across the nation on edge all week. B.C. port workers now back on the job and expected to remain there. The latest development, the Longshore Union Caucus says it will hold a meeting Tuesday to recommend the terms of a tentative agreement to its membership of more than 7,000 strong. A ratification vote by union members is expected to take place at the end of next week. The labour chaos, which started on Canada Day, shut down ports up and down B.C.'s coast for 13 days. An estimated $10.7 billion worth of traded goods impacted. A tentative deal done, but then undone days later. The national crisis so serious, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau convened a crisis cabinet meeting, which is extremely rare. So let's break down the numbers. This is what union members are expected to vote on next week. 
a four-year deal, including a 19% compounded wage increase, an average of a $3,000 signing bonus for full-time employees, and an 18% increase to the retirement payout to $96,000. So what changed? Why is the union caucus now in support of ratification? This is the same deal the federal mediator proposed last week. Regardless, labor peace appears to be on the horizon. Ramina Dea, Global News. And more encouraging labor news out of North Vancouver, where the union representing striking workers at Capilano University has come to a tentative agreement with the school. Move Up Local 378 represents about 350 unionized workers and says terms of the deal will be available pending ratification. The workers went on strike June 6th, bringing classes and other services like daycare to a halt. The union rejected a previous offer in May over the issue of remote work. The university says it's focused on resuming normal operations on Monday. A desperate protest against pickleball. People were nice and then this happened and everything changed. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. A Chilliwack couple so tortured by the noise from a nearby pickleball court, they're launching a hunger strike, hoping the city will listen. That's next on the News Hour. I walk along the street of sorrow. Remembering the great Tony Bennett and how an appearance on SCTV actually helped kickstart his comeback. That's later on the news hour. Plus, the young First Nations soccer player gets a chance to learn from the best at Real Madrid. That's still to come. Right now, though, the seemingly never-ending battle over North America's fastest-growing sport is kicking up a notch in the Fraser Valley. One Chilliwack resident says the noise from a nearby pickleball court is so bad, he's taking drastic measures to stop it. Paul Johnson reports on the potential for a pickleball hunger strike. It has driven me crazy. One man's sport is another man's torment. Remember that torture technique when one drop of uh, water is put on your forehead consistently, tuck, 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 it's like that. But Juan and his wife came in 2017, drawn in part by proximity to the park. They loved the vibe until the city put in the pickleball courts. And then this happened and everything changed. I just made my cup of tea, want to enjoy it in peace on my patio. I come to my patio, and this is what I'm subjected to. Bawan says the noise can go on all day, every day. So much so that it's affected him mentally and physically and disrupted his work. When he says it became clear the city wasn't moving quickly to help him, the time for extreme measures had come. I would call it a fast unto death. If the city doesn't give me answers. If hunger strike is the most sensational response to a local noise issue you've ever heard of, you're not alone. 
The president of the Chilliwack Pickleball Club thinks Bawan maybe should start by filing something in court. I do feel for him. I mean, I've, I've spoken with him and he's very emotional about the whole thing. So obviously it is an issue for him. Um, I have asked uh, my members not to uh, play there. As for the city, they've made several changes and intend to move the courts to a new facility they're planning. So was Bowan being just a little dramatic? Here's what he had to say about that. Well, I come from the country of Gandhi. It's our way of protesting. Well, we don't know the Mahatma's views on the Chilliwack pickleball wars. Come Sunday morning, his legacy may well extend to the Fraser Valley, where Bawan says he'll commence his occupation of the courts and refuse to eat. In Chilliwack, Paul Johnson, Global News. Just ahead, a former Mountie charged with foreign interference. The investigation that leads authorities to believe he was working for the Chinese government. And behind the scenes at the Honda Celebration of Light, ready to have a blast this weekend and beyond. Retired RCMP officer appeared in a Quebec court today charged with foreign interference. I think part of the issue that's happened... This is William Matcher speaking in Hong Kong in 2014. The 60-year-old has lived there for several years since retiring in 2007. According to the RCMP, Matcher has used his contacts in Canada to provide intelligence to the Chinese government. He faces two charges, conspiracy and predatory acts for the benefit of a foreign entity. They say Matcher is suspected of helping the Chinese government identify and intimidate a victim in Canada. The criminal allegations that he's currently facing are alleged to have taken place between 2014 and 2019, so seven years after his uh, employment with the RCMP. RCMP say there could also be more arrests in the coming weeks. The Honda Celebration of Light returns to English Bay tomorrow night, sparking joy for thousands of attendees. It's expected that more than 1.3 million people will attend the event over the three days. Australia begins the competition tomorrow night, followed by Mexico on Wednesday and the Philippines next Saturday. Emergency services from across the Lower Mainland say they're ready for the crowds. People are encouraged, though, to head to the West End early and leave their cars at home. Just ahead, celebrating Tony Bennett. What's your secret? Well, there's no secret, Bob. His early struggles and eventual success on the way to becoming one of the world's great singers. Also ahead, they call it the Skip the Dishes of Healthcare, a made-in-Canada health app that has some worrying about its disruptive potential. Well, it is the end of an era that evokes memories and images of tuxedos, big bands, and boozy jazz joints. Singer Tony Bennett has died at the age of 96. Mike Jorlet takes a look back at the icon and his music. Smile. Tony Bennett. Though your heart is aching. Could anyone do more to exude classic cool? Alzheimer's robbed him of so much in his 90s, his memory began to blur, but he still remembered the songs. We came home one night after the show and he said to me, Susan, you know, I can't remember the musicians' names. And I just chalked it up to him being, you know, at the time, you know, late 80s, we forget things. And he said, no, no, he said, this isn't right. I walk along the street of sorrow. 
Before he was Tony Bennett, one of the biggest stars of the 1950s and early 60s, the New York-born Anthony Benedetto served on the front lines in the Second World War. When he wasn't in a foxhole, he sang with an army band, using the stage name Joe Bari. Yet post-war America didn't warm to him right away. It wasn't until legendary comedian Bob Hope saw him perform and recommend he change his name to Tony Bennett that his career took off. What's your secret? Well, there's no secret, Bob. I just stick to the good old standards. People never get tired of hearing familiar things, things they've heard a thousand times, but I don't have to uh, tell you that. But people did. In the mid-60s, the music scene woke up to the Beatles and the British Invasion, and Bennett refused to adapt. As his career floundered, he turned to booze and drugs and got divorced twice. And just as he hit rock bottom in the late 70s, one of his sons had an epiphany. If people heard his dad, they'd love him again. Good singing, eh? It's a hit. As strange as it sounds, appearing on SCTV with a couple of Canadian hosers helped make Bennett cool again. Look, it's Tony Bennett! He would appear on The Simpsons and David Letterman, and when MTV called, he sang, but only his songs. Stars five decades his junior lined up to sing with him, but it was with Lady Gaga that he formed a special bond. That's why the lady is a child. I love the free press. It was fitting that his last meaningful collaboration was with her. Alzheimer's robbed him of the ability to hold a conversation, but when it was his turn to sing, it was still the one and only Tony Bennett. Smile. Mike Drolet, Global News, Toronto. Beautiful. Well, trying to get in to see a family doctor or a specialist can be a frustrating experience, especially when so many people across Canada don't have a primary care physician. Canadian app developers are trying to change that by putting the patient back in the driver's seat. But as health reporter Catherine Ward reports, not everyone is a fan. April was a tough month for Drew Peary. I noticed uh, a, a very large bald spot coming in on the back of my head. Within a handful of days, it turned into another spot and another spot and just has progressively gotten worse. The diagnosis, alopecia. The stress was exacerbated as Drew found himself in a holding pattern. I still had to wait a couple of weeks to get in to see the family doctor even, and then the referral process through them takes three, four months to, to be finally seen by a dermatologist. A Canadian-based app is looking to streamline care, giving patients more choice. The problem was very simple. It's about access and options. MedWorks launched last year. Now thousands of providers have joined the growing platform. Patients log on and can choose from services geotagged to their neighbourhood. Consultations can be over the phone or through video. Home visits are also possible. MedWorks operates kind of like Uber Eats or Skip. Care providers pay a fee to access the tools. And then insurance and billing is a conversation between them and the patient. Personal information is not stored on the app. While virtual care is not new, this platform has a much wider scope of specialists. Everything from paramedics to dietitians. We are not um, changing healthcare. We're just providing access to healthcare. Access to healthcare and providers that exist today. 
Still, access in this way can't solve every medical issue, and some doctors worry about how resources will be impacted overall. The raw reality is that health human resources in this country are finite. We only have so many healthcare professionals. And when we see private pay options like this, what happens is sometimes the healthcare professionals that could have been working in the public healthcare system are diverted to the private pay systems. Catherine Ward, Global News, Toronto. Coming up, a BC soccer phenom gets a kickstart from one of the world's top teams. I was just amazed. It was like pros locked through those doors. The story of young Joseph Seward and how Real Madrid is watching his progress. Also coming up, it's Friday and Squire has something guaranteed to make you smile in satellite debris. Hot out there, a bit of a reprieve coming um, on Monday, Christy, but uh, get the fans going this weekend for sure. Yeah, so temperatures for the south coast will come down a touch, but certainly in the interior regions, um, we are expecting uh, it to remain hot. And for the south coast, I guess, yeah, tomorrow will be hot still for one more day. Uh, You know, I've been so busy this afternoon, so I'm a little bit... (laughs) Uh, sort of um, off my game right now because it's been so busy. We've had so many severe thunderstorm watches and warnings and they've been coming and going all afternoon. Here's a look. So we've got uh, numerous ones through the Caribou Central Interior, uh, the BC Peace River area. We had a few of them in the Okanagan region as well. But look at all the lightning strikes and as well along the eastern slope of the Rocky Mountains through Alberta. Uh, So these ones here in the Okanagan now have ended. You can still see lightning strikes. Make sure you're heading indoors when thunder roars. But in terms of severe They've now weakened. But these areas here, so Prince George, up through the Williston region, southern BC Peace River area, we've got a whole swath of thunderstorms there. So make sure you're taking cover if you're in those areas. Uh, Hail is certainly a possibility as well as gusty winds. All right, so we are expecting rain in through the northern regions, and that comes with that risk of thunderstorms. So it's a pulse of rainfall for our region tomorrow again. And then for southern BC, we are expecting it to remain dry and hot. For our area, though, Uh, As Sophie mentioned, a little bit of rainfall expected on Monday, and that will shift in sort of Sunday into Monday. But those are the areas that are under a heat warning. And it's really sort of two days. You'll start to see temperatures come down on Monday. So there's your forecast for your Saturday, everyone. We have rain for the north coast region, hot and sunny for the southern interior, for the northern portions of the province, some rainfall embedded with uh, uh, thunderstorms, a slight chance of an isolated shower across Vancouver Island. But for our region, it's a mix of sun and cloud uh, throughout the day 27 degrees feeling like 31 we come down the one sunday and we certainly will see a drastic difference on monday with that rainfall as you can see and tonight's center windows weather window coming to you from the sheridan lake area which is just east of the 100 mile house and i thought this was perfect as we're heading to the weekend uh this pop uh jumping in (laughs) leaping into the weekend with hopefully cooler conditions i want to be that dog right now we all do so refreshing thanks thank you Well, he's a teen with a dream to play professional soccer one day, and Joseph Seward's chances just got a little bit better. The 14-year-old was invited to Spain to train with Real Madrid in its exclusive soccer program, and as Kylie Stanton shows us, he's making his family and his community proud. Take away the stands, the fancy turf, and bright lights. And there's this. A boy, a ball, and a dream. To become a professional soccer player. Like most kids in his community, Joseph Seward started out here, running drills, playing games, and winning tournaments. Up over there, 
when I was three against tall five-year-olds. But it wasn't until last summer when the 14-year-old attended a clinic at the Pacific Institute for Sport Education that his talent was truly realized. Yeah, it was, uh, it was emotional for us when we got the news and very excited. Of 125 athletes, representatives with Real Madrid Football Club selected five people to train at the official facilities. It was a, you know, a great honor just to see him pull a Real Madrid uh, jersey over his head uh, to, to be wearing that and, and also just uh, being mixed in with, uh, you know, talent from around the world. One trip led to two more for further assessment. And now Joseph has been offered the chance to spend the school year training with the academy team. I was just amazed because, like, pros walk through those doors. Joseph is not the first in the community to show such promise, but it hasn't always been easy to overcome the challenges that exist for Indigenous youth. Everything from the cost associated with pursuing such opportunities and the difficulty of leaving a support system. You know, I think our communities and our, our athletes have been overlooked, you know, in the past. You know, it means a lot to us um, to see, you know, one of our local youth uh, taking strides this way. And While Joseph plans to be the first to break those social barriers, the hope is he won't be the last. This opportunity is opening doors for 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 our communities and our youth, you know, to give them that, uh, that hope and empowerment to get out there and uh, compete in their respective sports. The Sartlip First Nation has rallied around the soccer star and is now asking others to help support his next step. An online fundraiser has been launched to raise the $60,000 it will cost to cover the 10-month program in Spain. With every dollar, Joseph's dream moves towards becoming a reality, complete with the stands, fancy turf, bright lights, and a humble heart. Yeah, it feels like I'm getting really close, and I hope it does happen. <laughs> Kylie Stanton, Global News. I think he's got thousands more British Columbians cheering for him now after that story. Well done, yeah. Kylie, and good luck, Joseph. No kidding. All right, well, speaking of soccer superstars. Yes. I just thought I'd show you this tonight because it's going on down in Miami. He didn't start the game. He came in as a substitute for Inter Miami, but here is a debut for Lionel Messi in Miami tonight. Substitution for Inter Miami CF. Please welcome the world's number 10. And now your number 10, number 10, Lionel Messi. Now this is a game against Cruz Azul of Mexico as part of the League's Cup. Here's my favorite part right here. Even the referee high-fives him. <laughs> it's like, welcome, Messi. We'll talk about the Whitecaps shortly. Look forward to that. Also tonight, satellite debris. Michael tried to save on his holidays by making his own mosquito repellent. Might be inspired to drink tequila as we discussed in the in the break, but you must cheer for the Whitecaps. I'm often inspired, <laughs> even if there's no game. You're not alone there. Uh, okay. The, anyway. Yes, I'll begin. The Vancouver Whitecaps are playing against Club Leon of Mexico. It's the start of the League's Cup tournament. This is the one between all the MLS teams and all the teams in the Mexican League, and that means there won't be a league game until. 
August 20th, and that gives the Whitecaps time to replace one of their best players. Julian Gressel is gone. He has been traded to Columbus. This was rumored yesterday. It's a big loss for Vancouver, especially considering they'll return to the league in the midst of a playoff race, and not having Gressel is not good. But this looks a lot similar to when they lost Max Crapo to LAFC. Gressel just didn't want to stay here. Martinez slips this one in, goal flashes the header for Gressel! If the Whitecaps had their way, Julian Gressel would be a Whitecap for many more years to come. But the German-born 29-year-old, who just became an American citizen last year, wanted to return to the U.S. So after just a year in Vancouver, the Whitecaps were forced to ship him away to Columbus for cash. The thing that we knew before, that his contract is coming to an end at the end of the year, and that after a long thought process, he has let us know he really wants to keep the door open to go back to the East, uh, to be closer to his family and friends. I don't think that he ever has said, there's no chance ever I stay in Vancouver. But he said, look, if, if the possibility comes up, I want to, to move back to the East. Gressel is easily the Whitecaps' best service provider, a pinpoint passer whose deliveries often ended up in the back of the net. That's why they acquired him a year ago, and now they have a big hole to fill. Um, although we lose a very important piece, it also leaves us now with uh, a lot of allocation money, uh, op uh, op open cap space, to, to try to do the next step with this roster and, and to fill the gap in a way that it helps us in mid and long term. There is word the Whitecaps would like to bring back defender Sam Atakubi. He was a Whitecap from 2013 to 2016, but only appeared in 16 games. Since then, he's become a staple on Canada's national team and would provide some stability and speed in the back, something the Whitecaps could certainly use. Axel Schuster wouldn't name Atakubi specifically, but promises he's busy looking to bolster the lineup. Our aim now is to add two pieces that help us in the long term and not try to replace Julian with just another Julian. We want now to go the next step um, with, with this club and with this team. But let's go back to last night in Australia where Canada opened up the Women's World Cup against Nigeria. I like those uniforms. The all green. Christine Sinclair had a nightmare night. Missed this glorious chance to score in the first half. Canada started off well in the game. Then Nigeria had some chances before halftime, but Kaylin Sheridan made a nice save here for the Canadians. Now, we had mentioned this before the game yesterday. One problem Canada has had this year with the women's team is scoring goals. Christine Sinclair gets taken down, and she gets a penalty kick. Nobody has scored more goals in women's soccer than Christine Sinclair, but I'm sure, quite sure, She'd love to have this one back because that's a nice save, but that is not a good penalty kick. Just too slow, not high enough. And Canada 0-0 and will play Ireland on Wednesday. When the BC Lions host Saskatchewan tomorrow at 4 o'clock, they'll once again have Sean Shivers as their number one running back. He's one of those guys that they say is hard to tackle because he runs close to the ground. And that's because he is close to the ground. He's only five foot seven. When you're that size, and I should know this, speed is your superpower. And in his first game against Montreal, the Alouettes found out, and so did the BC Lions quarterback, Vernon Adams. 
the excitement, man. Every time, you know, when you're a quarterback, the, the rule is hand it off and then boot away opposite. But I catch myself times handing it off and looking to see what he's doing because it's so exciting. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I'll be better at booting away, but I just love that he's getting the opportunity and getting the chance to play with us and show what he's got. The Open Championship in Liverpool. Brian Harmon had quite a day. It was like he was playing a different golf course than everybody else. 25-foot birdie putt here on the third to go to seven under par. He made four straight birdies on the front. And then this is a long eagle putt from 15 feet. Six under 65 today. He's at 10 under par. He's a five-shot lead. The guy chasing him, Tommy Fleetwood, lives about an hour away from Royal Liverpool. This is how long this putt is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh! They let him in the side door. And since it's the British Open, somebody has trouble in the bunker. Mar Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. And uh-huh. Finally gets it out. This is a par three, but he would take a triple bogey six. Still made the cut at plus two. Nick Taylor missed the cut. He was at plus six. Corey Connors, the only Canadian to make the cut at plus two. There you go. A lot can happen on the weekend at the British Open, too. It's going to be bad weather all weekend, so yep. that'll change things. Thanks very much, Squire. Stick around. Satellite Debris is up next. Oh! is not Tai Chi, a viral dance, or a mating ritual. He's being attacked by a swarm of mosquitoes. Why him and no one else? Because Michael tried to save on his holidays by making his own mosquito repellent. Don't save on mosquito repellent. Save on your next journey with Trainline, comparing all trains and fares in just one app. What the, you're going to see next. <laughs> the special skills got Sophie. I will just say that. What you're going to see next is the end of a hockey game between Thailand and Hong Kong. And a fight breaks out. But what I want you to do is watch the guy in the top of the screen who apparently is fighting a ghost. Now I'm going to give you a closer look at this young man. Gloves are off, helmets down, and there he goes. Is is I love the jump. It's well, the I, jump. I, I think he's yeah. winning. I think whoever he's fighting is in serious trouble. He even picks up the stick and takes a swing at that. But, you know. With the stick? He takes a swing with well, the stick? Well, he'll take a swing at the stick. At you know, the well, stick. Here we go. He picks it up. There you go. Take that oh. stick. <laughs> did he get a penalty? No, I don't think he did. He's probably the only guy who didn't. Anyway, yeah. good what he was doing, but uh, Lost practicing it. his moves. Uh, last three here are all from Subaru and they all contain a family of dogs.
All right, that's all the time we have. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Ha, <laughs> ha,